Welcome to Adulting Therapists, a podcast where two Portland therapist friends discuss what it's like to be a therapist, what we do to take care of ourselves, and meet with special guests to talk about mental health issues, stigma, and more. I'm Emily. And I'm Corey. And we're Adulting Adulting Therapists. Hey, Corey. Hey, Emily. <laughs> this is still weird. Yep. <laughs> um, hello, uh, listeners of Adulting Therapists. Um, we are so glad to, to have each and every one of you. Thank you so much. We've been really overwhelmed with how many people wanted to hear us talk about stuff. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an hour you're not getting back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Hopefully you're listening to this, like you're in your, your car, like you're stuck in traffic, like... You have nothing better to do, so you might as well spend an hour with us. Right, like don't just like sit and do nothing and just listen <laughs> to this. Like, this is no way like shit town or whatever. What, what was it? S-Town? That was, it's a really fantastic podcast. Oh. I literally just laid in bed and did nothing else uh-huh. but listen to it because it was that good. This is not one of those podcasts. (laughs) Maybe someday. Maybe Maybe someday. Yeah, yeah. I think we're both, like, really overwhelmed by um, all the people who reported that they had listened and all the lessons that we're getting on um, iTunes and Anchor and all that stuff, so. Thank you. Thank you all, each and every one of you. We appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, So, segues. Who's a no thank you? (laughs) Who's a thank you no much? What? <laughs> Is that the segue? Oh, oh, I get it. Like, Kevin, yeah. nah, nah, thank you. Yeah, no. Kevin, no, thank you. Um, yeah, I think it would be really inappropriate for us to not talk about... Our current climate and mm-hmm. what's been going on the past week. Yeah, I mean... A couple weeks. So we both went to Lewis and Clark, mm-hmm. which is a program that definitely prides itself on being very, like, social justice-focused. And, you know, I remember learning a lot about what the role of a therapist is kind of as an activist and Mm -hmm. an advocate. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I think it's inappropriate for therapists to say, stay silent um, when things like this happen. Yeah, yeah, and I know that, you know, a lot of times people want to say, oh, that's not your, like, realm, you're not, you know, you shouldn't be political or you shouldn't bring that into places. But this isn't about politics. This is about human rights and and our holding space for our clients um, who do tell us every single day about their trauma and their sexual assault and to have it um, so dismissed and mocked, you know, reaffirms that it is a terrifying ordeal to, to come forward and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think having that displayed on such a public, <laughs> wide, worldwide forum um, in the way that it has has been a really, really traumatizing, re-traumatizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just talking to friends, clients, you know, like loved ones, like this is on everybody's minds. You know, it is overwhelming. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I'd have to say that like what, probably like, of female clients that I've seen over the course of my career have had sexual assault, Mm -hmm. you know, like have experienced sexual assault. Um, And I'd say the same probably for like my friends too. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh my gosh, like 75% of all the people that I have talked to over the last two, three weeks um, 
are just processing this. Mm-hmm. And so many people are triggered. Like I had a, um, a couple conversations this week where, you know, like pretty much all of my female friends have been like anxious and overwhelmed, like getting into fights and arguments with their partners. Like everyone is just like losing it. Yeah. 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 It's been a really tough week for, I think, um, you know, I work with a lot of teens and I, I just worry so much about what they're, the message that's being shared right now, which is, uh, seems like a pretty, pretty big middle finger to, to, to women who come forward and share their experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. and kind of the, the message being, we don't care. (laughs) Um, and I think, you know, as therapists and as women, we really do care. We really, really care. And we want to open that space up for our clients and our friends and our um, family members to to be able to talk about these things, um, to be able to shed light on it and break down the the stigma of being able to come forward with your stories. Um, because the more we talk about it, the more we can change things. And that felt like this week, like, oh, how dare you ask me to come talk about it and change <laughs> things when look what happens. Right, right. And like... I mean, I've definitely found myself, like, overwhelmed by this media, like, in general, like, all the media, um, like, talking about sexual assault, like, it's really triggering, you know, like, I noticed the other day that, um, because, like, at our house, like, we have, like, NPR going, you know, at all times, like, on our speakers and radios Mm -hmm. and stuff, and I noticed I was just, like, waking up in a really bad mood, um, like, pretty much all day, or, like, all week, you know, like, the last week, and then I realized, like, oh my gosh, all that's been playing, like, in the background has been, like, stories of sexual assault, women not being believed, Mm -hmm. Donald Trump being a fucking asshole. Excuse my language. (laughs) If you don't agree with that, then you you shouldn't be our clients. (laughs) Um, You know, like, it's just so overwhelming. And then, like, to go to work, too, and, like, hear all these stories and hear... You know, like everyone being triggered. Like I'm, I'm really, really happy for what a wonderful community that we have that are all coming together and sharing their stories and like, you know, like people outing their abusers online. It's amazing. Yeah. Like I've just seen some incredible strength from different yeah. humans, and it's awesome. Yeah. I think you know a common thing that I always come back to is resilience, and that the the people that that we have the privilege of working with have been so resilient, you know, and this is another, you know, opportunity, I guess, not really, I don't know, that's a bad word for it, but, um, another time where people are showing their resilience of like, yeah, you know, this is daily in my thoughts and then it's publicly talked about and I'm going to keep growing and I'm going to keep surviving and, and having the courage to walk around every day. Um, it's, it's overwhelming. And I think, you know, one thing that we talk about a lot, um, is like, how do you hold emotions that you're also having and still be completely present for your clients and Mm -hmm. not, um, get burnt out on some of the when things like this happen. So Mm -hmm. the first time around when, um, the election happened, I noticed, such a huge shift in myself and in my clients and holding space for everyone to process what, what this might mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to, it's hard to not let some of that get overwhelming mm-hmm. and like 
just so big. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like just even like thinking back to the election, like I remember like working with this young girl um, and having her be like, you know, she was a, a young person of color and she was like, what happens if Trump gets elected? Yeah. And I was like, don't worry. You know, I was like kind of trying to soothe her because I didn't think that anything like this could ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, like I was like, well, you know, like, let's not let's not get too anxious. Like before anything happens, like let's kind of like wait things out. And um, then just to hear that, like I remember like the first thing I thought about was like, how do I talk to this client now? Mm-hmm. You know, like how, how do I explain to her that this world isn't horribly scary and, um, you know, not like oppressive towards her? I mean, like that's the reality. It is though. <laughs> yeah. That's like as a woman, a person of color, like she has her life set up to be endlessly more challenging than my own and I just you know it was so hard to try and um help her process yeah that experience tough times Mm -hmm. yeah I know that we tend to use a lot of humor but there's not a lot of humor to be found here Mm -mm. um that's one of my favorite coping skills and when you can't make something funny because it's there's just no room for humor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. always know how to cope with things. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah. I think Kevin, no thank you is as far as yeah. we can go. Kevin, with the no humor. thank you. Kevin, no thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is this real life, Corey? Is this real life? It's not a fantasy. It's not a fantasy. Mm. So so how do we deal with this? Um, therapist Corey, uh, um, how, do we, how do we manage, you know, this political anxiety that we all experience? Well, I did just eat a bag of hot Cheetos. You did, and they were delicious, and thank you for bringing one for me as well. So that's my first, <laughs> first step in coping skills. Yeah, right? Um, mm-hmm. Food. <laughs> yeah. But oh. for real, um, I think talking about mm-hmm. it and, and keeping things in check, my anxiety tends to run put the cart before the horse in situations like this with, you know, oh, you know, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, um, which I find doesn't help me be present or challenge what's actually happening Mm. and keep my head on straight. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I'm living in a world that just feels like the prequel to Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. (laughs) So that's really helpful. (laughs) Really helpful advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really, it is scary. It's a scary time, and mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's, um, like, <clears throat> some magical therapist self-care coping skill that's mm-hmm. going to eradicate that feeling. Right. Like, so much of what we do, too, as therapists is kind of, like, reframing, you know, like, thinking of things differently, you know, like, having a different perspective. And it's, like, with this, it's, like, there's really no other perspective to take, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. like there is no other perspective to take that leads you leaves you on the right side of history. You know? Yeah. It's really, it's really, um, challenging time. We would love to hear more about your experiences with this listeners and, and what you think. Um, I know sometimes therapists are supposed to be quote unquote, not political, but I think as we've mentioned, we don't really find that to be, uh, an option, (laughs) um, right now in this, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not, it's not so much about like the, all the stuff that I can't pretend to fully understand, but it's about, um, you know, human rights and as therapists and with a social justice lens and background, we can't 
ignore those things. Mm-hmm. And like another note too, like if um, if we say anything that hurts other people or is like offensive or you know, ignorant or short-sighted, like, please let us know, oh, you know, please, like, please, please. we are, like, growing human human beings and, like, are open to, like, feedback and criticism and would not come at any of that with a defensive mind. Um, so if we're talking about any of this and it makes you feel uncomfortable, like, please let us know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think outside of that, too, you know, like, this has been a really hard time for, for many, many women, um, And men, you know, victims of sexual assault or not, you know, victims of sexual assault, um, just to to be around that. And so if, like, you are feeling um, overwhelmed, if you are feeling in crisis, like, please reach out to a friend, you know, a family member, you know, see a therapist, talk to your therapist about it, Um, you know, call the suicide prevention hotline if you're really, truly in crisis. Um, They actually have, like, a text or, like, a chat-based um, hotline, quote unquote, uh, now too. So there's, there's lots of resources to, to talk if you need to, and just keep supporting each other. Yeah. You know, keep taking care of one another. Hmm. <laughs> Tough times. Tough times. Yeah. I don't know how to segue. Yeah. How do we, how do we segue <laughs> into how, how to, just in life, how do you segue out of any of that? You know, like just meeting up with girlfriends and we're all just like, <sighs> and then it's like, what else do we talk about at brunch? <laughs> like, oh my god. Okay. Maybe we should all take a deep breath together. Okay, sounds good. <clears throat> Healthy coping skills. Uh, too bad I ate all my hot Cheetos. <laughs> Here, do you want one of mine? No. Sound effects. <laughs> Sound effects are a good segue, right? Yeah. LaCroix. Yeah. Hot Cheetos. Uh. LaCroix. <laughs> Hydration. Yum. Well, like, so many podcasts, they have, like, some sort of, no- know. you know, like, segue noise. Like, uh, this oh. is why we drink. They have, like, a clink. Or, like, you know, cereal has, like, the best music of all time. You know, just playing. I'll bring my keyboard next time, guys. Oh, yeah. We got to get, like, a doo it's not my keyboard. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how to use it. <laughs> Ellie, you'll probably figure it out in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. Oh, geez. Okay. I think, so one thing that I know is on your mind today yeah. that we can talk about is um, what to do when you're a therapist and you have clients and you're sick. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a little under the weather today. I didn't sleep very well. Um, and I need my sleep. I don't know what's going on, but I've had a headache all day. I woke Mm -hmm. up, maybe got like three hours of sleep. Um, and not sick enough to cancel anything because I'm an adult and I'm an adulting therapist and I have to get (laughs) stuff done. Um, but I did not feel good. I didn't feel good all day. I wasn't as present as I wanted to be in my Mm -hmm. sessions and I felt bad, but I was present, more present than... Um, I could like feel it comfortable canceling anything mm-hmm. um, because it was, you know, people come to, to the therapy for a reason and they're looking forward to it. And I was lucky enough to have vacation last week. So especially after taking vacation, I was like, I gotta like, mm-hmm. I had my time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can't be sick today. Um, yeah. So just kind of wanted to talk about like, what's it like to be 
a therapist and feel sick in session. Yeah, it's brutal. It's brutal. I mean, I feel like sometimes, like, you know, when I've had jobs where I'm walking around, like, I'm doing different tasks, you know, like, I can jump from task to task, um, it's not as bad, you know, like, because I can kind of be distracted. Yeah. But, like, if you're, like, sick or not feeling good or, like, your nose is running and you're just sitting in one place, like, I feel like it's, like, worse. Like, oh do you agree? Yes. <laughs> it's, like, you can't distract yourself from the sick and it's just, like, ugh, you know, like, it's awful. Yeah. Um, and, like, you know, for sure, know this, listeners. If your therapist, like, cancels an appointment with you, they like, are sick. They're like we don't like to do it because we we know that you know like for some people like that sessions like the only chance that you get to like talk about what's going on to feel supported and validated like we don't cancel willy nilly uh-uh. you know it takes like a lot for me to call in sick mm-hmm. so I <laughs> I had to cancel a day because I was so convinced I would be better. Um, I had like a little medical procedure and I was mm-hmm. like, they were like, you might need a couple of days. And I was like, I will take one day. Thank you. I am a superhuman and I will just be fine. Was this when you got hip surgery? No. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know that that was the backstory. Oh my God, Corey. No. Okay. You good. mean my four weeks off? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, if that started with just a like, no, no, I'll weather through, no. I would have been really mad no, at you. No, but... Again, <laughs> I took two weeks off then, mm-hmm. and I needed four. And yeah. I, I, they told me you would need longer, and I was like, no, I'm a superhuman. I mean, it's hard with, like, agency work, too. Like, especially when we were working at Res, where there's two therapists per unit. And if you're not there, it falls on everybody else yeah. who's all stressed out. And yeah. you don't want to be the person who's making other people have a bigger, like, workload. workload and yeah. Yeah, like, in, like, community mental health, like, people are kind of run to the ground. Yeah. So, So me taking mm -hmm. almost a month off and Mm -hmm. everyone else having to see my clients. And even when I did come back, I couldn't see my clients because Mm -hmm. I couldn't actually walk. (laughs) Did I cover some of your cases then? I forget. I think you did. I think I did. I don't remember it being, like, horribly traumatizing or anything, so. But my guilt, Mm -hmm. like, the therapist guilt of being sick and passing the buck to someone else who's mm-hmm. already got a lot on their plate or not being there for my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it was, it was hard. Um, the first week I felt like, okay, yeah, I can take a break. Like, I mean, Watch I need some to. Netflix. I'm kind of like the surgery and immobility. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the second and third week I was like, my mind was back in the game, but my body still couldn't Mm-hmm. move and I was just yeah flooded with guilt and like I feel bad and I want to go be there and then I remember my first session back after hip surgery I was sitting there and I was like oh I feel so sick like I cannot sit upright like <laughs> it's been a while since I've sat upright mm-hmm. <laughs> and um luckily my you know I had a great relationship with the clients that I'm thinking of and they were very understanding, but then it turned into like, Oh no, don't make this about me. This is your time. Yeah. Not a Corey pity party. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so, I mean, I always notice like too, like if I'm going in for my own therapy and my therapist's sick, I'm like, Oh my God, are you okay? Like, is everything okay? You know, like I I worry for my therapist and then that kind of like changes the dynamic of things. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, or that, um, I'm also thinking of the time that I sprained my ankle really badly. And Corey and I had a mutual client uh, who was a pretty dysregulated young lad. Yeah. And I was wearing, like, a boot on my ankle or whatever. And he's like, who did that to you? Like, I'll kill him. You know, and I was like, oh, no. Like, I just fell off of a small cliff. Uh, but, yeah, and like, it changes the dynamic, right, mm-hmm. for, like, your client to be, like, trying to nurture you or take care of you. Um, it's definitely, like, an opportunity to discuss that, like, you know, and call it out in the session. Mm-hmm. But with with young kids and teens, sometimes it's hard to do that because they're, you know, not always super aware of it. And they're like, what, I'm not allowed to care for you? Mm-hmm. Right? And I think part of what we like to talk about is kind of flipping some of the scripts on therapy and making it more accessible and more human. It's a human experience. And so to pretend like I'm not feeling good, I feel like is not my authentic self who I hope mm-hmm. to always bring to session. Um, but also it's like, not my time. It's your time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Like I'm willing to have like maybe like a 30 second or less, you know, mm-hmm. conversation about my life before transitioning into. Yeah. Cause like some of my clients, they're so sweet. You know, they're like, I'm like, how are you doing? And they're like, Oh, I'm good. How are you? I'm like, yeah. I'm great. Yeah. yeah. I've definitely had the, like, enough about me. We never talk about you. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about me because it's... Kind of the dynamic of the relationship. Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so usually when I don't feel good, um, I'll kind of give, like, a little heads up if I feel like I can't hide it. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, if I'm at the tail end of a cold and it's... You can't hide a cold, you know, right. like my voice is shaky or, or hoarse or I'm sniffly. Um, I feel like I've got to let someone, you know, let them know like, Hey, I'm here. I'm not feeling a hundred percent. Like call me out if I look like I'm not paying attention or <laughs> miss something or Dude, I like legit remember like at, in agency work, like going to a rap meeting with like Kleenex shoved up my nose because like my my like like sinuses were leaking so much but like it was a really important meeting and I really needed to be there and I was just like just don't mind this whole yeah you know like I'm just rocking the like tissues wedged up there yeah look um, um, I love the the stomach issue in session. Oh my gosh. Because a cold is like, everyone gets a cold and you can see it physically. When mm-hmm. you are rocking like some, some downstairs trouble, <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard to, mm-hmm. to be professional and present um, oh, yeah. and not be like, excuse me, I, <laughs> I had some bad tacos. <laughs> <laughs> They were delicious. I'd eat them again. I'd do it again. Here we are. And my stomach is, like, going to explode. Mm -hmm. Um, That happened to me once. And, like, I think I covered for it well enough because it was, like, another, like, I think it was, like, a family meeting type or family therapy session. And I was like, I'll be right back. (laughs) Hold hold on just one moment. You know, no, no big deal. Um, but I remember like, I was so embarrassed and like, I had that like panic feeling in the session too. Cause I was like, first of all, like, what if some, what if like I poop my pants, you know, that's like the first, first Worst fear, case scenario. like the first professional fear that I had. <laughs> the second was like, how do I get out of this without them thinking that I'm crazy? You know? Cause I was like ready to run out of there and I had to be like, 
because I think there was like an argument happening or some kind of like heated conversation and I had to just be like, like <laughs> wait it out for a second and then be like, I'll be right back. The listeners, you can't see Emily's super professional face right now. She's just, <laughs> just totally flat affect just when like, inside. You're dying. I'm like literally like there is a train and it is leaving the station. Uh, Sorry, yeah. that was really gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've definitely had the like try to built in things like, um, oh, let me go get that paper from the printer. Oh, that's smart. Um, and then it's like, <laughs> printer gosh darn it it's just not functioning very well but really I like ran to the bathroom Mm -hmm. (laughs) have you ever had like a an awkward leave of a session where like you just had to leave for some reason um probably Mm -hmm. yes yeah one time I I don't know what happened I was I was at work and you know how like a cold will like sneak on you Mm -hmm. so I went to, to work that morning and I was feeling okay like I was like doing Okay, you know. Um, throughout the day, I started getting like, really fatigued mm-hmm. and just like, what is happening to me? Mm-hmm. But I was like not ready to call it quits. Yeah. Because I Because <laughs> you're tough. I'm tough. You're tough. Um, and I was sitting in session with a client and they looked at me and they're like, are you even listening to me? And I had to say, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm so sorry. I really don't feel good. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to have to like end today and I'll, I'll see you tomorrow. Um, and luckily the client was super understanding. It was like, yeah, if you don't feel good, like go home. But it was one of those, like I tried to push myself too far and mm-hmm. I got called out and I felt like an ass because mm-hmm. how, how rude of me <laughs> to not listen in your hour. Um, and that was when I was like, Okay, I really do need to start listening to my body more. And if I can't push myself and be there, like, don't push myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, turns out, I'm human. And us sometimes, adults, <laughs> sometimes tacos happen. Um, and sometimes it's hard to tell how you're going to feel. You know, if you feel like a little queasy at the beginning of a session, you know, that could go away. But if you're committed mm-hmm. to an hour of being with someone, you don't really know what your body's going to do in that hour. It's like a wild card sometimes. Right? It's like, yeah, like one of those situations that I was describing to- felt totally fine at the start of session. Yep. And then like, oh, oh no. Oh, no. It was like bridesmaids. <laughs> the reckoning. Maybe not. <laughs> bridesmaids too, rise the machines. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, so being sick in session is not fun. Super if not you're, fun. I remember um, a friend in grad school was telling me about a time that her her therapist um, was clearly in like gastronomical distress, <laughs> um, and that she so badly didn't want the client to know about it that she was like holding her stomach and like going pale, and my friend had to be like, "Hey, you can use the bathroom." She's like, "Okay, thanks." <laughs> so sad um and it was definitely one of my huge anxieties when I was in Mm -hmm. grad school like what happens if like you you throw up in session is Mm -hmm. like or I tend to get bloody noses and I have gotten a bloody nose in session (laughs) and it was so embarrassing and I was like I'm just bleeding all over (laughs) myself gushing bloody nose (laughs) Oh, man. Please think I'm still a professional. <laughs> I mean, there's 
nothing you can do, you know, like, and those, it's just kind of like your body just happening. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes, like, one thing I'm super, like, worried about and, like, insecure about um, is, like, you know, sometimes it's really early in the morning. Yeah. And sometimes I'm a little sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not listening, but it may mean that I have to hold back a yawn. Yes. You know, and, like... I always feel like it's so disrespectful, and at the same time, like, if we're meeting at, like, 7 or 8 in the morning... There's gonna be a yawn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm still listening. I promise I'm listening. I'm just... I've had to explain, mm-hmm. um, on the yawn front, I tend to yawn after lunch. Oh, really? Yes. So in the morning, I'm usually like, hello, I'm awake, and I'm here, and I'm so happy to... <laughs> be an adulting therapist. And then after lunch, I'm not even tired. I'm just like processing my lunch. Mm-hmm. And I think I just, I let out a couple of yawns and I've had to tell my like, it's like usually my two o'clock client. Like mm-hmm. I'm not tired, but I might yawn. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Um, oh my God. Are the hiccups? Oh yeah. <laughs> so like I'll sometimes get like recurring hiccups. Through a day, through a week. I don't know. I don't know when it's going to come. And, like, that's, like, such a huge fear. I think it happened once where I was, like, hiccuping, and I was, like, I sound like a drunk. <laughs> you know, like, I'm, like, hey, yeah. like, um, tell me how you feel about that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, my God, like, flashback to college. Yeah, and all your, <laughs> like, insecurities come out to the forefront. Like, someone's not going to think I'm a good therapist. They're going to mm-hmm. think I'm a professional. Like, that I just get the hiccups, that I'm, like, that hiccuping girl yeah. who, like, like has... Yeah, be the story if someone's like, yeah. I went to see this therapist one time, and let me tell you, they got a bloody nose, and they had a hiccups, <laughs> and they had to excuse themselves to use the bathroom. Like, what a mess. God, what if all of that happened in a, in a consult? Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I'm the awkwardest person in a consult, by the way. I don't know if you feel the same way. It's, like, like it feels like a t- the tiniest job interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um... And I feel like I always stick out my hand at the wrong time <laughs> or like, like they're just about to sit down and I'm like, here's my hand. And it's just like, that's just kind of me. Like, I'm just a little socially awkward. Um, I find myself having like huge brain farts. Yeah. Like, what was it I do again? <laughs> oh yeah. Are um, you the therapist or am I? Remind me again. Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, well, it's like, it's so crazy. Like I never thought of therapy as like this profession where we literally have a job interview, like all the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard. And I'm always like, I'm getting better mm-hmm. at managing that because my, uh, my pattern is to be anxious about things until I do them so many times that I'm like, old hat, show up and you're mm-hmm. fine. Right. Don't think about it, but it's a, it's a little daunting. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, I want to make sure I ask like, what are your questions for me? And sometimes people have really off the wall questions that I was like, not prepared for. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot of misconceptions about what therapy is or a lot of like, I've never sought therapy before. Um, Mm -hmm. How does this work? Things that I think are like, well, that's just how it goes. You know, you turn mm-hmm. in the intake paperwork, we schedule the time, you come <laughs> once a week, you come at the same time every week, and people, you know, asking, like, I don't know if a good, I can't think of a good one right now, but, um, 
Yeah, just like, well, how does this work? I'm like, how does what work? What? You don't know the drill? <laughs> 50 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. Or asking, like, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Hmm. There are some really good questions, though. I had one yeah. client who asked me, like, why I became a therapist. And uh-huh. I was like, you only have 20 minutes? Yeah. <laughs> right, let's see. <laughs> um, or, like, someone asked me, like, what I do for self-care. And I was like, wow, like... That's so yeah. thoughtful of you to, to care about my self-care. Or yeah. Like, yeah, there's been some really cool questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, I like getting those thoughtful questions. And I think, you know, there's if you ask your therapist something and they pause for a second and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have asked that, they'll just, they don't, they won't answer. They'll just say, like, that's actually not something I, like, usually talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we're fine to get off-the-wall questions. Oh, yeah. I might just, like, make an awkward face for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah right because I think about how I want to answer that mm-hmm. um, like age I feel like little kids are always like how old are you yeah and I'm like older than you uh huh that's all you need to know <laughs> yeah that's all you need to know I like when kids are so like, are you 14 or 18 yeah. I'm like uh, let's go with 18 yeah that's fine yeah another like um, sorry Emily's uh, podcasting cat is making some noises and it's wonderful. She's very distractingly cute. Um, Let's see if she makes more noises. <laughs> she usually does. Oh, you guys are going to get a special treat. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> that was so perfect. Yeah. You have the most perfect cat. She's so perfect. She's such a good cat. Such a good cat. Well, I've completely lost my train of thought. Yeah, what were we talking about? Cats? No. No, that can't be right. (laughs) I talk about cats with clients. I do too. Yeah, and dogs. It's usually my, um, like, self-disclosure go-to. When when someone wants to know more about me, and I I do feel like, you know, genuinely, people want to know who they're talking to. Mm -hmm. And they might ask things and not, of course, as they're new to the therapy relationship, not fully understand, like, the weight of someone's sharing too much information, right? So, like, what do I feel comfortable disclosing? And I will talk all night and day about my dogs. Mm -hmm. It's easy. It's easy. Mm -hmm. Most people are, like, like them, you know, or like cats or something. And then if they say they don't like animals, I'm like, uh... Sociopath. So... (laughs) (laughs) So what do we talk about now? I made a gross assumption that everyone was like me. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Um, I had a kid the other day who was like, what's better, dogs or cats? And she took a really long time to answer, and I got really worried that, like, she'd be like, well, I don't like pets. And she was like, that's just too hard of a question. Oh. And I was like, you are a darling. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Good times, good times. Good times. So we also had some some listener questions that we wanted to get to. Yeah, yeah, let's go into that. Let's go into that. Sorry, that was not a <clears throat> wonderful segue. Do we need to make sound effects again? Yeah. Here, let's cheers our LaCroix. Okay. <laughs> that was really not very... Anticlimactic. Yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah. That's oh, some bubbling. Some. Don't, don't spill it on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got one question about... Um, how to build self-love, specifically in someone that has, uh, like, a, a pronounced feeling of self-loathing. 
So, like, mm-hmm. someone who feels really bad about themselves how to flip that around. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, it's my, like, caveat with all of these are, it depends. Um, yeah. Based so much on who who is mm-hmm. um, doing the the work for themselves, right? Right. What and, like, what model, are. you know, yeah. like, you're using for therapy. Yeah. So I tend to go to like a cognitive behavioral therapy model for a lot of things that are, um, I think it's really helpful to kind of talk about the, the cognitive distortions and the automatic negative thoughts that come up and, um, flip the script a little bit. If we can like put down in words, what the messages are that you are telling yourself Right. Um, a lot of times we don't know what they are. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know. I feel bad. And then if you know, you don't always think about like, well, what am I telling myself? <laughs> yeah. Like we're not always listening, yeah. you know, like, and I've, I've found for myself, like mindfulness has been really helpful for me for like slowing down my thoughts so that I can really think about what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. You like to have that metacognition. Cause I think a lot of the time we just walk through life. Like you're saying, like we feel good or we feel bad. Yeah. Um, but we don't really know what messages we're telling ourselves. Mm-hmm. So like one or like another way that I feel like I've had success in using that with myself has been, um, like when I'm running, like the first like five minutes that I'm running, I feel like it's just like a conversation that I'm having in my mind about how much that sucks. And how much torture it is. Yeah. (laughs) And why am I doing this to myself? (laughs) And I hate you. Um, And so, like, I feel like that's a a time that I'm really honest with my thoughts is, like, when I'm, like, faced with something that's, like, very, like, I have to be very present for. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So, like, really slowing down, listening to what your thoughts are. Um, So, one of my favorite techniques is, uh, and I, this was somewhere like, I don't know, on a meme somewhere, um, some wise therapist somewhere out there in the world told their client and their client put it into a meme. And now I tell all my clients it. when you're having negative thoughts, right. And about yourself or about the world, whatever. I like to use the example of like, say you're having negative thoughts about yourself and you're saying like, Oh God, I'm so ugly. Or my, my thighs are so fat or whatever other a, you know, not accurate thought might be out there because no one's thighs are fat. Everyone's beautiful. Um, <laughs> Diet culture sucks. <laughs> Wellness culture sucks. Sorry. <laughs> we'll talk about that another yeah. day. Cheetos <laughs> rule. Yeah. Um, but she said, well, imagine someone you dislike saying that to you, mm-hmm. right? So they, they imagine Donald Trump saying your thighs are fat. And it was so easy for this person to go like, Screw you, you can't talk to me that way. <laughs> because if you imagine, like, if someone else said that to you, how quickly you'd be like, what? You can't say that about me, jerk. Yeah. Right? And then we, these messages that we send ourselves go completely unchecked. Like, and we're flooding ourselves with them just kind mm-hmm. of all the time. And I think that's such a, a deep base for building this self-loathing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many factors that go into it that if we're talking about building self-love, um, obviously... It's not all just you yourself doing, you know, society exists. Yeah, yeah, right? Like, um, it's not all about what's internal. It's also what's external. Yeah. But if you're, you know, wanting to do the work, one thing is I always like to kind of start with is writing down those messages and what are the most common ones. And if if they are shakable or not, you know, like, 
Is this a truth that you hold so true that you, you didn't know it was a distortion? Hmm. Yeah. And like you say it out loud and you're like, no, but that's true. Like, and I'm like, no, no, I wish you could see the wonderful human being sitting across from me that I see. Right? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. And just like putting some doubt into those or maybe thinking about, well, is there any way that that could be? Is there any time that that's not true? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 What do you think about self-love? Hmm. I mean, it's hard. I think it's like, it's, it's not a, it's not a accomplishment to complete. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't yeah. think that it's ever something that you're done doing. Um, I don't think that, you know, self-love, you know, you can work really hard on self-love and it can be great one day and then the next day you might feel not so great about yourself. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't think, I think that there's a lot of pressure, you know, in like the kind of wellness community and like, um, you know, like the body positivity community and all this stuff to, to feel like, um, that you, you have suddenly, you know, come to nirvana with Mm -hmm. self, you know, like there's this idea of like enlightenment, you, you have reached self, like peak (laughs) self-love. Um, and I think that's like a load of bullshit. Like, I think it's like a never ending journey that you have with yourself and that Mm -hmm. you have good days and bad days, just like anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy for me to think back on like little Corey like childhood Corey Mm -hmm. and like, you know, tender and loving and like, Oh, you sweet little thing. You just didn't know. And how much, um, hatred I had toward myself at Mm -hmm. those moments, you know, like, I don't know, high school. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think in that respect, it gets a lot better. Yeah. Right. Like from middle school to college, you know, age, I think that perhaps hormones are doing a lot of the loathing for us. You what? (laughs) What? What? <laughs> Those pesty little buggers. Yeah, right. Um, what a roller coaster yeah, ride. But I like to, I think about that and I think about, you know, will future Corey say this to, you know, past Corey? Would mm-hmm. I ever tell little Corey, like, you're worthless and no one's ever going to like you? Like, no, because I got to protect little Corey. <laughs> yeah, if you did, I'd beat you up. <laughs> right? Like, I would beat me up. <laughs> Um, and it's not true, right? Cause like, mm-hmm. I know that now looking back on it, I might've felt that way, but that wasn't accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was the hormones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think too, like self love, like it's so like fake it till you make it Yeah. in some ways, you mm-hmm. know, like, I don't think that you just wake up one day and you're like, man, like I look really good today, you know, like. You know, as a woman living in our society, I can honestly say that I feel bad about the way I look often. You know, I think that's just kind of the way that we've been trained. I think you get those texts from me from time to time. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I'm in no way being like, I've figured it out, you know. Um, But I think that it just starts with, like, little conversations that we can have with ourselves and be like, you know, like, maybe I don't look great today, but, like, my hair looks okay. Yeah. You know, like, starting small. You know, like, mm-hmm. fake it till you make it. Like, yeah. maybe my hair looks awesome today. You know, yeah. like, maybe this shirt looks really good. Yeah. You know, like, just kind of, like, telling you the, yourself these things over time and, like, letting that build. You know, like, it's a practice. And if it's, if your self-loathing or self-love isn't related to your appearance, it might be, like, 
related to your idea of your self-worth as a human, you know, mm-hmm. how can you, again, flip that script? Like, what mm-hmm. what do you accept about yourself today that you can honor and cherish and, and like, nurture and grow? Like mm-hmm. a little fledgling fire. Yeah, like, what do you like about your personality? Or your, yeah. Because, like, I noticed, too, like, a lot of um, clients that struggle with self-worth will make a lot of, like, always statements. Like, they'll say... Well, I never get my work done. I always, I'm always late. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the other. Well, what are the instances that you aren't like that? Like, what situations break that rule? Because mm-hmm. none of these rules are black and white. Yeah. You know? And when we're in that spot, everything seems black and white. Mm-hmm. It's like one or the other. Yeah. Like, I'm either figured it out, like, perfect nirvana status. Like, <laughs> I'm at peace with myself or... I'm like in the on a garbage. shame shame spiral. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's whew, it's tough out there. And I think mm-hmm. you know, obviously, we have the female identified perspective, living in the the bodies that we inhabit. But um, for our male listeners, there's so much that we can only begin to kind of understand just because of the, um, the differences that we've experienced. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting that you, you mentioned that too. Like I, I've heard from a lot of men that, you know, like lately since, you know, like since me too, since believe her, you know, all these different movements that, you know, like men are feeling more self-conscious about being masculine or Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. just being boys in general. You know, like I feel like there's this uh, newfound awakening that like a lot of the behaviors of men are not acceptable And, like, I'm seeing a lot of men, you know, paying more attention to their behaviors, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um, And I think with that comes, like, this, you know, sense of self-loathing or, like... Guilt. Distrust for themselves, you know? Like, did I, you know, did I sexually assault someone? You know, like, have I been the victim of... Not the victim. Have I been a perpetrator Mm -hmm. of this, you know, sexual assault and, and bought into you know, patriarchal values and all this stuff. Like, it's wild. Yeah, I think, and that is such a, you know, it's a process because I'm not going to say, like, oh, just, you know, get over it and, like, Yeah, feel that shame, (laughs) men, (laughs) because... But it's important important to be able to feel, and I went through a similar process when, you know, I started grad school and started really thinking about um, social justice issues and depression and was, like, oh my goodness, it's a lot to unpack. Um, And my own shame of like, wow, I've said some things that I don't agree with and that I have caused pain to somebody by being ignorant. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can, you know, begin to understand that like process. And it's such Mm -hmm. an important process that I hope that people feel the strength and courage to keep going in and don't just discount it because it's a difficult feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, But healing from that, self-loathing of maybe who you used to be to who you want to be and that path to self-love is um it's a hard one and if anyone out there who's listening to this feels like they're going through that like kudos to you for acknowledging where you are and and working on it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah thank thank you for um you know finally stepping out of the the position of uh taking advantage of a system that serves you. Yeah. You know? That's hard. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard. And, like, take accountability, men. You know, like, if, 
Like, I've, I've had a lot of, um, you know, like, friends and, uh, you know, like, loved ones who, you know, are reaching out to other friends and loved ones and saying, like, hey, I think that this situation that happened was messed up. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I'm hearing men reaching out to women, women reaching out to men, and I think that's so, like, that's how we have to heal. Like, I think, yeah. you know, like, men, if you're out there and you're, like, man, there was this situation, I feel like maybe something was wrong, you know, like, I don't feel like, you know, like, I I think it's better to call yourself out. Yeah. You know, like, take some accountability, you know, like, if you feel fishy about something, chances are... Other people felt fishy. Other people felt (laughs) fishy about it, and it could mean a world of healing for someone else if you acknowledge what you've done. And yourself, you know, guilt and shame are, like, such powerful powerful emotions Mm -hmm. that keep us um keep us from growing keep us rooted in that Mm self-loathing right like and I I think we've kind of touched on like this therapist guilt that we experience like when I'm sick and I have to cancel Mm -hmm. um it's if it's a feeling or um, something you're working through that goes unchecked it is uh you're gonna find yourself in a world of pain Mm Yeah, and, like, just to kind of, like, go back and edit what I just said moments ago, you know, like, if if you are, you know, someone who's 99% certain that you've committed some sort of horrible sexual assault or atrocity, please do not contact that victim. <laughs> please do not, like, expect some sort of, like, brilliant healing journey with that person. Like, I'm kind of more talking about, like, developmentally appropriate, like, boundary confusion. Yeah. You know, like, and I think that, like, those two things are super different, right? Like, there's something really different about intentional abuse of power, sexual assault, rape, and then there's something like being a teenager and... Misreading a signal. Not understanding, like, social cues, going too far, going too fast. Like, I think that that kind of happens. That's part of growing up. I think that those are kind of the situations where you can, like, reach out to someone, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have a conversation... You know, maybe that feels like a sexual assault to that person. I wouldn't expect, yeah. like, um, you know, like, for your apology or accountability to be taken. Yeah, because you might get, like, a big old <laughs> F you. Yeah. And, like, don't ever talk to me again. And th- that's yours to hold on to. Mm-hmm. And it's not anyone else's to take that feeling away from you. Um, but working through it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and finding the continued courage to talk about things and challenge them and not push it back down. I love how this topic has swirled back. Like it's Oh yeah, like, it's like it's impossible to ignore. <laughs> it's connected to everything. It is. It's just everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean like, you know, just day to day in relationships, like with you know, like working with men, dating men, you know, all these things. It's like all these ideas are just coming up for, for all of us all the time. Yeah. You know? And gosh. Oof. Time for some more hot Cheetos. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, yeah. It's such a good topic, though. Sorry, I need a hot... Do you want a hot Cheeto? No, I'm okay. Here, do you want to hear crunch? <laughs> I wonder what that'll sound like. I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> Probably not. Um, yeah, and, and again, like, if we've got it wrong, you know, like, if we've said something and you're like, man, I had some, you know same-aged peer, developmental, boundary-pushing, and it was awful. I don't want to ever hear from that person ever again. If 
fuck them. You know, like, let us know if we're wrong. Yeah. You know. love to hear. The only, the only uh, things that I'm going by with this are, like, anecdotes that have been shared by friends of mine who are kind of, like, having these conversations mm-hmm. now and mm-hmm. totally open to being wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my... Uh, I think I mentioned, I can't remember, but probably did talk about this last week where um, sometimes I'll get kind of guess how someone's feeling and they'll be like, no, it's this. And I'm like, oh, okay, I was wrong, but <laughs> we figured out how you were feeling. Yeah. We got there. Um, and like, it's funny too, because in, in my own therapy, I feel like I always feel awkward, you know, correcting a therapist. Like I want them to be right, you know, like I'm like, <laughs> I want to give you this one. But um, if I never like... Uh, like when I'm the client, if I'm ever like, no, 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 it's not quite how I feel. It's still really helpful because yeah. I'm like thinking about that feeling yes. and I'm like, am I feeling it? Like you're still like helping people identify like their emotions and you know, like maybe you're doing it on purpose. You're yeah. like, they need a better feelings vocabulary. I'm just uh, going to mess it up and see if they. I have done that. Before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you have. Me. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I've been going to a, um, like a DBT training. And um, I've been thinking about you a lot. <laughs> DVT is my jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe we can talk about... We have so many topics that we want to address here, things that we love to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys want to know more about DBT, we would be so happy to talk more about it. Um, that's dialectical behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah, keep us posted. Like, Keep sending in what you want to hear about. Um, I think this week we, we didn't really listen to any of your suggestions because of Kevin everything Long. that's been going on, <laughs> but now we have a great list for next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I know that last week I was, we were so full of ideas and enthusiasm that I probably threw out quite a few things that we did not have time to circle back to mm-hmm. this week that I would still like to put on, jot down on my little remember all (laughs) yeah i like harry potter (laughs) whoa too much self-disclosure Corey. oh yeah harry potter's the other thing i'll self-disclose really yeah you're gonna i don't know if you're gonna be like a big fan of me if i tell you what i'm gonna tell you what you think i'm I'm gonna like not be a friend with you anymore i'm like not like an adult harry potter fan oh loved harry potter when i was younger harry potter is like my soul Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, like, a dorky obsession with it. Um, Harry and I share a birthday. Oh, yeah. Like July 31st. Soul bonded. Yeah. <laughs> and yet I still know that. Yeah. Well, you know my birthday. So <laughs> yeah. <you> know. <laughs> Don't I? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No. Your birthday's in July, too. Mm-hmm. I don't know what day. <laughs> wow. What a good friend. Oh, yeah, you do know it. I do know it. I did she, she, she gestured with her hands to make a numerical um, symbol. <laughs> <laughs> that means we're good friends. Yeah. We know each other's birthdays, you yeah. guys. And we have a podcast together, and we worked together for, like, three years. I think, yeah, we might be friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I feel like now we have so much to talk about personally. We should probably let you guys go. Yeah. Talk about this difference in yeah. Harry Potter love. Um... Or not... It's not that it's, like, hate. It's just kind of, like, ambivalence. Okay. 
I think I'm going to have to process this. Mm-hmm. I'm okay like, with it. Like, I don't want a, like, a Harry Potter wand to display in, like, a case in my home. Oh, I would totally do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my level of, like, Harry Potter ambivalence. It's like, I don't want any products mm. anymore. I used to love Harry, I used to, like, love Harry Potter stuff. Um, I was Harry Potter for Halloween a couple years ago. You were Harry. I was Harry. That's awesome. Because um, I brought my graduation Wait, a couple room. years ago? Dude, that was in like 2015. <laughs> <laughs> that was like three I years ago. I thought you were going to say like when I was a kid. Like, oh, no. No. Okay. No, I brought, I wore it to res, you know. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember. And um, our psychiatrist was Hermione mm. and we took pictures. That's awesome. She had a, she had an owl, though. Hermione doesn't have an owl. Silly goose. Um, <laughs> but it was good times. It was good times. Um, nice. I also have a, um, it's a tapestry, because I'm a Hufflepuff. Like, you could have a whole talk about, I'm a Hufflepuff, <laughs> you can tell. Um, it, was a, it was a Christmas present. Um, it was supposed to be a blanket, but it's actually like a giant tapestry that I, mm. <laughs> I was like, I can't display this in my home. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> it's too much. Mm-hmm. It's in my closet. Love that. Maybe someday it'll mm-hmm. find a way to be proudly displayed because I am proud of my Hufflepuff. You just gotta like get the home to match it. You know, like well, you just yeah. need like a, a giant castle. Yeah. Where you can hang your Hufflepuff tapestry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Pottery Barn Teen has been showing me lots of little um, ads for Harry Potter themed stuff, and I get a little <laughs> mad that it's teen because adults get like Harry Potter too. Pottery Barn Teen gives you targeted ads. Yeah, for Harry Potter because I talk about it so much. Oh goodness. Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, our our benevolent uh, consumer gods <laughs> are um, sending their messages to you. Direct, yeah, directly to you. Oh yes, targeted okay. ads. Mine are mm-hmm. ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pod world. <laughs> it's been lovely. Uh, let us know if we were wrong. Let us know what you want to hear about. Um, tell us we're good. Yeah, validate <laughs> me, please. <laughs> okay. Nighty night. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Adulting Therapists. To learn more about us, you can find Emily at sprouttherapypdx.com or on Instagram at sprouttherapypdx. And you can find Corey at coreyantoncounseling.com. See you for your next session!